Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Road to Recovery group of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Jamie. I'm an alcoholic. Would everyone please turn off their mobile phones or switch them to a silent profile and please try to keep disruptions to a minimum. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. This is an open meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. In support of AA's singleness of purpose, we respectfully ask that sharing be confined to alcoholics, and when discussing our problems, we confine ourselves to those problems as they relate to alcoholism. There may be visitors here who are unfamiliar with our tradition of anonymity. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and television. This tradition is a constant reminder that personal ambition has no place in AA. We are sure that anonymity is the greatest safeguard AA can ever have. We therefore seek your cooperation in protecting the anonymity of our members at the public level. The format of tonight's meeting will be four eight-minute speakers, followed by a fifth speaker to approximately 8.30. The meeting will then be open to the floor and closed at 9 o'clock. Can we please have a moment's silence to remember Tradition 5? Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Our first four speakers tonight will be Dave, Andy, John and Alexis. I'm David, I'm an alcoholic. Really good to be at my home group tonight and... uh, 25th anniversary, amazing, do you know what I mean? I celebrate my, my sort of uh, sobriety date with my home group, you know what I mean? I sobered up in 1994, um, you know, and before that, nothing, I was, um, my life was just spiralling out of control, do you know what I mean? I wound up in, in Alcoholics Anonymous in, in a pretty bad state, um, drinking just stopped working, uh, I was suffering from anxiety and paranoia and panic attacks, and life becomes so tedious and boring, do you know what I mean? And it's like... I came here and I was, my sponsor said to me, are you willing to go to any lengths to let go of your old way of life? And I was like, I had to think about it. Do you know what I mean? Even though it was so crap, I, um, I thought, what am I going to turn up to, turn into? Be? You know what I mean? I was, I was complete lemon as it is. Um, but I thought, where am I going? Do you know what I mean? But the guys in this group, you know, it says in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, if you're new here tonight, welcome to, you know, the road to recovery, probably the best meeting in the world, do you know what I mean, where you will get better. If you stick around... And do the 12 steps, you're pretty much guaranteed to not be the person that you used to be and have a good life. And that's what's on offer here tonight. You know, there's a lot, you know, it says in the 12 steps that having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you know, that's what happened to me. You know, I came here, um, you know, I was two years sober when I arrived in this group. I'd been in other meetings, 
trying to get better. Um, and it says in the, in the basic text, you can't transmit something you haven't got. And, you know, I had sponsors that really didn't have a clue what, what was on offer. And I came in, and I, thank you, Wayne, for being my sponsor. Um, you know, I asked him to take me through the steps, and, you know, he, he did. And, you know, it didn't take long. There's no waiting list. You can get seen straight away. You know, you don't have to make an appointment. You know what I mean? It's like all you need is willingness, you know. And it says in there, if you've got the, um, the right attitude... Um, that you know you can you, you know and you want to leveling of your pride because my pride was the thing that was killing me you know what I mean I, I wouldn't be told what to do and for years and years I was that person you know at school you know teachers tried to teach me my mum tried to parent me uh, the police used to pull me up where I used to live in my neighbourhood and I was thinking why are you on my case for it you know what I mean and I, just, I had such a bad attitude you know what I mean and running my life on self will wonder why I was I, I was heading for trouble do you know what I mean but I didn't see it at the time I thought I was right. And I came here, and for the first time in my life, I took direction from my sponsor. He just guided me through the steps. And first thing he said to me, many people don't make it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I've seen so many people over the years, you know, come in, you know, got into good habits at the beginning, and for some reason, you just can't go through the rest of the process. you know what I mean? And, you know, it doesn't have to be that difficult. You know, there's a great life waiting for you. you know what I mean, I've lived an absolutely amazing life. Um, I feel like I've been reborn, do you know what I mean, given a second chance. You know, most of the people I knew... When I was growing up, are dead. You know, some of them suicides. You know, overdoses, all sorts of things. You know what I mean? And then fortunate souls never, you know, they didn't make it. Do you know what I mean? And you know, if you, you know, you've got a golden opportunity here tonight to, you know, to have a new way of life. And uh, you know, I, I started following this simple course of action, went through the program, and the program has changed my life for, forever. Do you know what I mean? I've not wanted to drink since I've been in Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I wanted to get a rocket and go to the moon, you know what I mean, and, and do a runner, but I've not. I've just come to my home group week in, week out. Whatever's going on in my life outside, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes indifferent, you know, I've just carried on regardless coming to my home group because I know I've got into these good habits that have just changed the way I, you know, I, the way I think and the way I do things, you know what I mean? And uh, there's nothing here to stitch you up, you know what I mean? This is the most amazing thing I've ever found in my life, you know, this is the most equal opportunities place in the world. We don't care where you come from, what your problems are. You know, you, if you work the steps, spiritual principles will solve all your problems, and that's been my experience, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm so glad I stuck around, you know what I mean? Because when I first come here, you know, I, I didn't give myself a chance, you know what I mean? I thought, you know, I'm going to work the steps. Are they really going to work? Do you know what I mean? You know, are they going to work for me? Do you know what I mean? And, you know, because I'm a really messed up special case, you know what I mean? And I was told those with grave and mental, emotional disorders can recover if they have the capacity to be honest, you know what I mean? And I just had to learn to be honest with my sponsor, and he just guided me, you know what I mean? He's probably the most sanest person I ever met, met in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know what I mean? He just guided me through the steps, and my life completely changed, you know what I mean? And uh, it's been, what, what, a, what a ride it's been, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not been a dull moment, to be fair. I've lived every moment of it, do you know what I mean? And, you know, by, like, by rights, I should have been dead years ago, so... You know, you know what I say, if you're here, you're sitting there and you're on the edge of it all, just jump in, get yourself a sponsor, go through the steps, you know, make this the best home group you can, can be, you know what I mean? And, you know, something about this meeting, it gives me structure and discipline. I take this very seriously, do you know what I mean? But I can go out there, I have a laugh most days, do you know what I mean? But I take this seriously, do you know what I mean? And, you know, I know the best years of my life lie ahead, do you know what I mean? I feel excited about the future. Um, you know, I've probably had one of the most toughest years of my recovery, but I'm, I'm grateful for it, do you know what I mean? Because it's making me a better person, do you know what I mean? And it's shaped me into the person hopefully I want to be, you know? So, 
Um, you know, if you, don't, you, do, you don't need to go through things on your own. You know what I mean? You just need to talk to people. You know, there's no reason why you need to leave. Um, and, you know, just re- try and respect the people, especially the old timers in this group. We're not here to stitch you up or harm you. We're here. Make use of our experience. You know what I mean? You don't need to make your own mistakes. We're here to guide you. You know what I mean? And I found more love in this, in this, this meeting than anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? I remember my ex-wife saying to me, right, um, she said, you love your sponsor more than me. I said, it's a, it's a different kind of love. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because it is, it is a different kind of love. you know what I mean? You know? You know, because it, it, I, I used to say to her, go speak to my mum and find out what I really was like. Do you know what I mean? And you'd be throwing me out to meetings. Do you know what I mean? You know, I should have come with a government health warning. Do you know what I mean? I was, you know, I would steal your handbag. I would... What's that mean, mate? Two minutes, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just, you know, don't worry about things, you know what I mean? The steps are here to make you a better person, do you know what I mean? Where, you know, it's a miracle what's happened in my life, you know what I mean? And I've seen people come from the streets and, you know, and, and rebuild their lives, and it's, it's no, it doesn't take long, you know what I mean? It's a great life on offer, and, you know, I love it. I absolutely love it, man. It's been the best, I mean, I took some chemicals and alcohol but this is the best buzz I've ever had you know what I mean this is free you know what I mean and I, I, I get a lot out of it you know this, this works for all sorts of people the more broken you are the more we like you do you know what I mean because if you start taking the actions you'll get better you know what I mean you start feeling better straight away you know what I mean it's, it's not months or years it's just 12 steps you know what I mean and uh, you, know, I, you know I'm a salesman by trade but I, I can sell this stuff all day long this comes with a lifetime guarantee do you know what I mean there is hidden warnings, you know what I mean? If you don't do it, your life will get worse. That's just guaranteed, because we're dealing with alcoholism, you know what I mean? And if we don't treat it, we go crazy, you know what I mean? So the opposite of that is get yourself a good sponsor. There's loads in this meeting. Do what he says. He's not here to stitch you up or, or guide you or trip you up. You can do that yourself, do you know what I mean? He will guide you to a better place in your life where your life will guarantee get better. And you've just lived the best days of your life, which I've experienced. You know what I mean? Even through the pain, I've been able to dance to a certain degree. Um, you know, and I, I, know, I know today, you know, I'm just, I love being in this home group. You know what I mean? I've seen over the years people leave and try and start other meetings. And, and you know, I'm not knocking it, but it's never been the same. They're never, you know, you, you, this is the real deal. You know what I mean? This is definitely the real deal. It's not a cheaper imitation. This is real. You know, so, you know, just, just do it. You know what I mean? And uh, you can live the rest of your life you know, in a decent way, and I'll leave it there. Thank you. My name's Andy. I'm an alcoholic. Thanks, Dave. And uh, happy birthday, Road to Recovery Group. And uh, thank you, Road to Recovery Group. And uh, thank you to Wayne, my sponsor. Thank you to Alexis, to John, and to Dave, you know, who these guys over the years, I've seen all of them go through things in their lives and deal with things um, and dealt with it with dignity, you know, and, um, and I've been able to, to learn from that, you know, and for, for an alcoholic like me, it's something that I just, uh, I just didn't know how to do. I just really did not know how to do. And, uh, you know, I was reading the chapter to Agnostics, and it says in there that um, that line that uh, if when you honestly want to, you cannot quit entirely. And then it goes that the next line goes, that, or if you have little control over the amount you drink. And I knew I had very little control over the amount I drank. I knew that. Um, 
But when I arrived in AA and I honestly wanted to stop, that's when I knew I could not do it on my own. I could not quit entirely, you know, and um, I remember phoning somebody. I mean, I, w- I was out of Plymouth at the time and I phoned somebody in the fellowship. I mean, he, he's not around now, Julian. And I said, I'm, go- I'm going to drink. I know I'm going to drink, you know, and uh, for me that was rock bottom. That was absolutely beaten, you know, and... Um, I just really, I really haven't looked back. I really haven't looked back over the years, you know. And, uh, you know, if you're new and you're, and you're worrying about um, doing service or you're worrying about your, your, your step four and your step five, don't, you know, because, um, you know, I remember doing my step four with, with my sponsor and, I, and I, I knew one afternoon, as I prayed one afternoon, I thought, oh, shit, I know what needs to go in this, you know. And, uh, and, and I did. I got honest with somebody, which is what, what we have to do. You know, and uh, over the years, you know, things have happened. The things happen in our lives all the time. You know, but um, I've been able to think when those things happen, well, that kind of turned out all right. That, that, that wasn't too bad, you know, and I can add it to my gratitude list, you know. And, uh, and I just couldn't do that, you know. And uh, alcohol, I could not drink like normal people. I couldn't drink like normal people. It, I, I, would, I would stop at nothing to get a drink, you know. I mean, I, I used to stop people. I stopped a guy once in an invalid car and that for a five and it said, look, you know, for, for a drink. I would stop at nothing, you know. And um, it was always the same line with me as well, you know. I'd bump into someone in a club. He'd go, how you doing, Matt? Are you all right? Yeah, are you going to buy me a drink? That was always the same line. It was always the same thing. And I... And I how could I have ever thought, you know, that, that, that I wasn't an alcoholic? You know, I mean, I didn't walk home. I used to crawl home. I used to think, the police are not a bad bunch, really, you know. They often give me a lift home because I was crawling home. You know, I was just... Uh, but thank God I arrived here, you know, in 1996, you know. And um, there used to be two of us in 1996. I mean, we call the studs and sluts of 1996, but it's just me now. So I think I can pretty much fulfil both of those roles. And... Um, but if you're new, don't miss out. You know, do not miss out. You know, I mean, if I, if I, um, I still do, you know, for any reason I have to miss my meeting, you know, and if I've got to work or something like that, I look at the clock and I think, might be starting a meeting now. You know, the first three speakers we've gone now, doing swelling. And that's what I'm like, you know, because I love to be in my home group. You know, it's the only thing that's worked for me. You know, doctors, counsellors. Um, I told them what they wanted to hear, you know, and uh, at the end of my drinking, I mean, I was pleading with my doctor, I was like, look, I am drinking mugs of brandy, mate, look, and I thought, I'm going to have to punch this bloke in a minute, because he's not listening, he's not getting it, you know, but thank God, you know, I arrived here, I've forgotten lots of meetings, but I'll never forget that first meeting, you know, that first meeting, I thought, because that's a miracle for me to say that I'm like somebody else. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, no, no. You know, I mean, I was the person that used to look out the window and think, oh, look, at, oh, he needs to sort his life out, that fellow, this day. But that's what I was like, you know, and I still can be like that, you know, but um, I love the kind of life that I've got today, the relationships with family, the relationships with you guys, you know, I mean, and I, I, I'm privileged to sponsor people today, you know, and um, I really, really am, you know, and I love doing that, you know. Uh, being able to pass something on, you know, and this, you know, if you're new, we're celebrating 
Um, I mean, this has been my home group for nearly 23 years in September. It'll be 23 years. But we're celebrating 25 years of this group. You know, so for 25 years, something as because of the old timers that were here before me, the people that are here now, it's because of taking actions and what, what, what we do. You know, and there's people in this group who do things far better than me. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I kind of get a bit embarrassed. I think, God, I need to up my game a bit, you know, and do a bit more. But it's been 25 years of something that's working. I mean, it's not been 25 years of people thinking, well, I think I might give it another go tonight. It's not. I keep coming because for 25 years it's been working every single day, every single day. You know, and I have to keep doing these things. I have to keep doing these things because I, I very quickly, I mean, some people talk about I, I, it would only take a day for me. Do you know what I mean? It would only take a day before I'm going, yeah, we'll let it go. I have to do these things, you know, and um, I know that I have experienced a change of thought and attitude. I know that, but I know that because of what people say about me in work. I'm, I'm not going to go over again and say, but I, I have some really nice things said about me in work. You know, they say really nice, nice things. So, like, people will say, Andy's great at greeting people. He's great at people on the phone. That, it's a miracle because I wouldn't answer the door when I was drinking, you know. And, um, you know, someone says to me, what's the time? I say, well, where's your watch? I just, just nothing spiritual about me, you know what I mean? And I had, to, I had to be taught these things by a sponsor, you know, and uh, and I've just kept doing it. And I've kept doing it because the guys here before me, these guys, kept doing it, you know. And if you're new, don't don't mess around with this, you know, because it will kill it. It killed um, my younger brother, you know. It killed my younger brother, but it was nothing to do with this group, like Alcoholics Anonymous. It was because he didn't take the actions you know and uh he just 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 kept going and going and going and going and that's it gone you know and we uh, and, and and we see people we, we lose people you know but it, don't be one of those you know if you're new um i was told to stick with the winners you know stick with the winners you know and i, I just i just did you know and uh I like being around happy, smiley people today, you know, and, uh, but I, I didn't, I wouldn't like that when I, when I got here, you know, I thought, oh God, you know, I can't be around people that smile, because it really pissed me off. <laughs> so I, 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 I prefer to be around uh, happy people today, you know, and, um, you know, it's great. If you're, if you're new, get on board, get a sponsor, allow yourself to be shown, and, you know, you'll be here for the next 25 years, and uh, enjoy the miracles of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name's John, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Get in! The Road to Recovery Group. What a thing. Thank you, Wayne, for being my sponsor. And thank you, Alexis and Wayne, for being here when I came in and um, carrying the message of this uh, fantastic programme to me. Thank you to the first two speakers. Love these guys. I, I mean, just true gentlemen. And thanks to the whole group and, and, and to the people who've come down from far and near to be with us tonight. You know, it's really, really, you know, great and a privilege to see you all here and you made a great effort. You know, I've just come from Plimpton and um, <laughs> one of the few alcoholics in Plimpton. And, um, uh, and I, um, I, uh, I fell out with a wife last night, and, um, which, which is fairly rare. But, um, yeah, she was definitely not pleased with me at all. And, and then this morning, I couldn't remember what the hell I'd done wrong. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half sure that I didn't do anything wrong at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> But, but I didn't get where I am today by 
arguing the toss, I just went, yeah, I'm really sorry about last night. You know I, mean? <laughs> I had no, no clue what I was apologising for, but I was really sorry. And um, things, don't, things don't get that far with my sponsor. I don't almost never have, in 24 years of sobriety, have they got that far with my sponsor. Because it's the same, it's the same deal, you know, it's different different kind of love, you know, uh, same, but same, same deal. I'd rather be happy than right, okay? And that goes with, the, with her indoors as well. And, uh, but especially with my sponsor, especially with the home group, I'd rather be happy than right. And, then, and, then, and over the years, there, there, there are numerous, dozens of occasions, <coughs> at, at least, when I was sure that the, my sponsor... Um, because Wayne hasn't been my sponsor all the time. There was another, David W. was my sponsor when I first came in. But my sponsor, you know, when I to convince my sponsor we've got it wrong this time, he really, really, I mean, really has got it wrong on this occasion. You know what I mean? Or the group. The group. I feel alienated from the group. And I, uh, you know, for whatever, because these things happen. These things happen. But one of the reasons that I'm still standing here today is that I, I'm able to look at, I've got step one, I'm able to look at the bigger picture. You know, that these, you know, I, just don't do it, John. Just go, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, and get on with it. Get on with my inventory. You know, get, in, uh, get into the, uh, go into the little room in the house and get on my knees and get that pen and paper out and write down my resentments and my, and my defects of character. And I feel better. And the next day, to be honest with you, a bit like this morning, I haven't got a clue. I really struggle to remember why I was cross-grained with my sponsor or cross-grained with my home group. And what a fantastic thing that is. I mean, that is unbelievable. Because if you're an alcoholic of my type, it was never that way when I was drinking. You know, because I'm an alcoholic of the type described in the big book. You know, for the benefit of the newcomer, I had that obsession with alcohol, that deadly obsession that compelled me to, 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 to take that first drink time and time and time again. And this physical allergy, you know, that wasn't, didn't drink like normal people. Al- alcohol didn't act on me like it does with, with normal people. I take a drink of alcohol, it set up a phenomenon of craving which doesn't occur in the average temperate drinker. And I, I was in big trouble, much more trouble than... Uh, hello, Mike. Nice to see you, mate. Uh, I was in much more trouble than I, than I really, 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 really realised. And, um, you know, so thank, thank God I, underst- I understood that when I got here. Um, well, a little bit after I got here, but I, I, I realised... I, I think I lost the thread slightly. But basically, that's what I was like. I'm an alcoholic of the type described in the big book, and I'm, I'm a dead man walking unless I can get humble enough to adopt that simple attitude that I was describing earlier. And, um, you know, and I was a high-bottom drunk, and if there's any newcomers, and you, know, you feel that you haven't gone down as far as a lot of people, you, know, you didn't come from a dodgy area like Dave K or something like that, you didn't go to the, night, the dodgy nightclubs that Andy went to, you know, I mean, you know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I, was in, I was in really big trouble. I was anxious, depressed, um, frightened. Fear was such an overwhelming... Uh, aspect of my life you know, I didn't realise until I did the 12 steps until I did that step 4 how much fear ruled my life how much, and, and behind that fear so much self will the juggernaut of self will you know, I was terrified that you weren't going to behave the way that I wanted you to behave that, that was really what it is I work in an open plan office now you know, and the people in there you know, they, they really get on my nerves quite a lot every day you know, but it's a miracle. I'm able to operate in that kind of environment, you know, and as I've said on many occasions, you know, they've got to put up with me, 
It's not about me being, putting up with them. You know, I've begun, I've begun to, to realise it's a two-way street. It's taken me decades, you know, and uh, that, you know, that's, that's what it's like. And it's, it's such a fantastic thing to go through the 12-step programme, to get to that step, fifth step, and to share my secrets, you know, some of the things that I would have taken to the grave with my sponsor, um, you know, truly embarrassing things. And, um, you know, and there's a chap that's, that, that I'm helping to go through the 12 steps at the moment, and he came around the other day, and I told him probably one of my worst secrets. It just, it kind of trips off the tongue, because, because what I was terrified about other people finding out has now become something that I can help other people with. You know, they don't have to, they don't have to think that their case is special and different, you know, that somehow they're worse than anybody else. So I tell them a few of my things, and they probably think that, um, you know, we're on, a, we're on an even par, me and him. You know, and that, and that was the way it was with my sponsor. And that's the way I see it is with, with all, everybody, really, that, that uh, you know, that, that, that gets recovery and gets on with this programme. And um, it's such an awesome privilege to be a member of my, to be a member of this home group. I mean, I was stood on the floor of the Tuesday meeting, not the Tuesday meeting, on, on the floor of uh, uh, the Friday meeting at another group in town. And his lordship there came over and spoke to me, gave me a telephone number before we really had mobile phones. You know, I took that bit of paper home, and, and, when, and when I when I got when it was bad enough, I picked that bit of paper up. What says Wayne here? Double six oh one double six something like that. And um, <clears throat> phoned him up. Oh yeah, that's him. I remember him. And I rocked up at the Rotary Recovery Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. How fortunate am I? I mean, how fortunate am I? It's near the top of my gratitude. There's being alive. Every morning I thank my higher power for being alive, for sobriety, and then, you know, and then it's a bunch of AA stuff. You know, um, my home group, my sponsor, big book, 12 steps, 12 traditions. Then I get on to the other stuff that, that, because I've got all that stuff, I can enjoy. You know, like the family, and my home, and my job, and my peace of mind, and my, you know, all that, all that good stuff that comes because of the, the really, the most important things, which is this stuff, which is this and um, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to see you all. Fantastic weekend ahead. Thanks very much. I'm Alexis. I'm an alcoholic. And, uh, yeah, good to be asked to share on the anniversary, 25th anniversary. And I guess if you're new... Um, you might be thinking, why are we making all this fuss about an AA meeting, an AA group? Um, I mean, you know, is AA stopped me drinking? And this is the group that I've been at for the last 25 years. Uh, and, uh, well, if you're new and you drink anything like I used to drink, you'd have something to celebrate if you'd have been sober 26 years as well and come into a group. But the thing is, the other reason, I mean, every alcoholic, I don't want to give a bloody speech, but every alcoholic has a responsibility to talk about their success if they've recovered. Every AA group has a responsibility to talk about its success if it's kept going. There were 30 meetings in Plymouth when I got sober back in 1993. There's still 30 meetings in the Plymouth City area, and there's only like three of them <laughs> from back then. It's, it's just, it's shock, I can't believe it. And one of them, the guy that was founded by the guy, the guy that then went and found this group. So what's the stats on that? You know, I was at the last meeting. I mean, I don't know how many people are here who remember the Nuffield. Well, that's the other thing. There's probably only about two bloody people here who remember the Nuffield meeting. 
You know what I mean? Stick. All right, three. Yeah, Martin. I remember you, Martin. I remember you. Yeah, Nuffield meeting. Largest meeting in the town. I remember it. And uh, it was wonderful. It was absolute chaos. I remember the night the drunk was there at the table banging his head and on the table. And all the old timers were sharing back to him. Look at our friend here. Isn't it great? He's at the meeting. And it was, and that, that, I remember then when it was six people and Dave, Dave M said, we're going to have to close, you know. And uh, my, my first home group, The Vision for You, on a Sunday night, I don't know what happened to that. And then the Wednesday night step, I, that was the first meeting, got proper like AA meeting I went to. And, uh, and I remember then desperately like calling out for people to do service a few years later. It, the, meet, the meeting was just dying. And, uh, you know, bottom line is, most, you know, you hear this cliche, like most, uh, most people don't make it. So most, most meetings don't make it, at least not in this town. I don't know what it's like around the rest of the country. I guess we're probably not special. Like, Plumodians aren't particularly crazy as alcoholics, I'm sure. You know, the survival rate uh, uh, for meetings is not high. And this meeting's lasted a quarter of a bloody century. It's one of the tiny number in this town. And it is so great because, you know, I'll tell you what it's like for me coming up coming to this group and it's one of the paradoxes of, of AA groups some people don't feel comfortable with this group because it's very structured you know and, and you got uh, you just know you're at the road to recovery group if you're from Plymouth because like half the men are wearing bloody suits and there's like there's microphones you know what I mean there's a lectern it's lots of people everybody's saying like I've done the steps I've got a sponsor you, you just know people from around Plymouth they know it's a road to recovery what that's like for me after 25 years it's like going down my local pub so relaxing every Friday I know I'm going to come here get a pasty come up to my home group I know what's going to happen I just have to you know what I mean I don't have to make it up it's all it's all and and that is and I swear to you I think that is part of Alcoholics Anonymous you know they talk about is there a sufficient substitute and I know really when they're talking about sufficient substitute for drinking because when I drank one of the things I loved about drink it made me feel so powerful and so inspired you know or the thought of drink could make me feel powerful and inspired and there's just um, no matter what I do in work and in my personal life nothing quite hits the spot like alcohol used to do but for some reason getting involved in activities to help alcoholics does something to me you know if I get involved in like uh, activities to help alcoholics it seems to hit the spot that alcohol used to hit and so not only do I come here and have a pasty and just chill and just be like oh yeah they all sit in rows it's so relaxing you know it's all comfortable and I know where I am there's a condition to that for me I have to try and get involved you know I have to try and I just have to remind myself you know go and talk to the newcomer Go and get involved in some service. Try and be a bit responsible. And I think it's, it's, it's just, otherwise, it doesn't feel, it wouldn't feel like my local pub. You know, it wouldn't feel like my relaxing Friday meeting unless I was doing that. And, um, I mean, I just want to say that, that you know, that's some, and, you know, you'll probably hear people talk about why this group has stayed here over a quarter of a century. You know, but why have I stayed in AA? You know, what, this group stayed here. Why have I stayed here? And, I mean, and what I'm talking about more is not so much, oh, I've had a strong home group, had a strong sponsor. What's made me think about it? And, like, at the beginning, it was easy. Drink, so painful. Tried psychiatrists, tried all the, all the things. that I felt AA was the only choice, the only option left. Couldn't afford a treatment centre without spending my mum's uh, <laughs> savings. So, so that's why I was in AA. Did the 12 steps with a sponsor and... and 
I just felt really, really good to the point that some people in other meetings thought I was lying about how good I felt. It's that weird when you see somebody who a few months before is sitting in a meeting like crying and then they're like going around meetings, oh, I feel bloody great. And they just, you know, some of them think you're lying. And I just felt so, so that, that's going to keep you in AA. I'll tell you, when you feel that good after doing the 12 steps with the sponsor, you're like, you just grab onto your sponsor and say, take me with you. You know what I mean? You feel great. And you, you, you grab onto the steps and like, do, 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 do. You know, more steps, more steps, all right? And then I remember about nine years sober, I was like, um, maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm overdoing it with this AA thing. Maybe, I mean, nine years, nine years, that's a long time. And I had this little voice in my head. Another thing was, I wasn't very happy. And one of the things, when you're not happy, you kind of blame the structures you're within when you're not happy. So if you're not happy, you might blame uh, your, your marriage, you might blame your work, you might blame AA, your home group sponsor, whatever. And I wasn't very happy, and I started blaming AA. And, uh, and there's this little voice in my head that was like, maybe the... because. You know, the insanity that precedes the first drink, that thing that would lead me back to drinking again and again and again and again, no matter how much pain I went through as a result of drinking, it would trick me back into it. I thought, what if that doesn't just happen the day after drink? What if that doesn't just happen three months after drink? What if it can happen nine years after drink? What if after nine years of being sober, I can lose all perspective and think... Hmm, maybe. I mean, because that was the whole insane thing about it. It wasn't, you know, maybe I was right. Maybe I could have left AA. Maybe I'd have been fine. You know what I mean? But that's not what I thought. I just thought, I just, it was fuzzy thinking. I wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking, shall I run away? For no good reason. You know, and that is insanity. That is insanity. Because I was drinking myself to death. I was convinced of that when I came to AA in the first place. And then all the years on, why do I stay here? I mean, uh, the, um, I may have to tell you that another time because I'm sure this red light is going to go off. But basically, my alcoholism to me now means a lot of it for me is about grandiosity and defiance. It's someone we talk about a lot in this group, a psychiatrist, Dr. Harry T- uh, Tebow. And basically, I look at my behavior around like my boss, around my family and all of that, and I'm like... And then I read, I, this is a regular thing, it's not AA literature. Some of Harry Tebow's writings are AA literature, some of them aren't. I've got like the collected scientific writings of the psychiatrist Harry Tebow. And, and, and I read them regularly because he goes on about, not, oh, the problem with the alcoholic is he has a drink and can't stop, or the problem with the alcoholic is he gets sober and then he always drinks again. He says, the problem with the alcoholic is such a great level of unconscious grandiosity and defiance. And unconscious means you can't change it. I can't change it. I can't think myself better. My sponsor can't force me to be better. It's deep in here. Grandiosity and defiance. That, he said, is the core symptom of alcoholism. And I still spot that in myself. I still kind of, almost to the point of paranoid schizophrenia when I realise how crazy it is compared to how normal people think. You know, anyway, that's the second red light, so I really should stop now because I can't, I can't keep on ignoring it. Thank you to the first four speakers. I would now like to introduce tonight's fifth speaker, which is Wayne. A bit of order. My name's Wayne and I'm an alcoholic. Wayne. And uh, thank you for the 
first four speakers. I, uh, I'm really nervous, by the way. Aww. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just thinking back, it was 25 years ago, thereabouts, that I was in the Abbey Hall with, with these four guys. And you know, back then, the meeting looked like a holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. <laughs> Tonight, I mean, they look quite smooth and sort of suave, but it's, uh, I identify with them. I'm exactly the same as these guys. From as young as I can remember, I was obsessed with alcohol. I mean, I remember as a kid, I just uh, I saw this advert on the TV, and it was a guy skiing down the Alps, and he was surrounded by beautiful women, and he started sipping on a glass of Ginzano Bianco. And I remember thinking, I just can't wait to try some of that. You know, a few years later, you know, I start drinking with my mates. We go down the park, and you know, they're, they're all happy with a couple of cans of Royal Dutch Lager, and, and you know, I'm already on the bottles of Ginzano, and you know, I I was always different from my mates. I was just always different. You know, I would want to smash the big window. They want to smash the little one. They want to do a little bit of graffiti. I'd grab the can. I'd do a big bit of graffiti. You know, I, I was just different. I was always the last one to leave. I remember, I remember being sat in a subway, looking sophisticated with my bottle of Ginzano. You know, e- <laughs> e- evil stick down my crombie. And just, I remember sitting there one night in between imagining beautiful women and trying to avoid PC English. I mean, I, mean, I realised all that snow stuff was a sales ploy, that's for sure. I, I remember thinking, this is doing something. You know, I just feel so much better you know, when I'm drinking, you know, when I'm under the influence of alcohol. You know, like, I just feel so much better. You know, if only I could feel like this all the time. And it dawned on me that night, sat in the subway, all I've got to do is drink all the time. If I drink all the time, I'm going to feel all right all the time. And very shortly afterwards, I started taking bottles of vodka to work with me, and I, and I would drink on the way to work, I'd drink at work, I'd drink on the way home from work. You know, I was just obsessed with alcohol. My first waking thought every day was, when am I going to drink? You know, when am I going to drink? When am I going to get that feeling of, that's better? You know, when am I going to... That was, I was just completely and utterly obsessed. And I, I would just get myself into so much trouble. And my, my parents would, uh, they would despair of me. My, 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 I remember my mother just saying, you know, Wayne, you've got to stop drinking. And I just want to scream at her. You know, I just want to scream. You know, you don't understand. Nobody understood me. You know, when I drink, I feel better. You know, when, when I don't drink, life is dull, life is painful, it's just tedious. You know, who wouldn't want to drink? You know, you just don't understand. And I promise again and again and again, this is it. I, I promise you, I, I'll never, ever drink. I, mean, I remember one night, I was, uh, it, was, it was one of my last drinks. We, we were driving along somewhere. My dad was driving. I was sat in the back seat of his car and, and I tried to strangle him. You know, he was driving pretty fast. You know, I was, I tried to strangle him because he wouldn't stop for the pub. You know, I was just obsessed with alcohol. And as soon as I started drinking, I I had no control over alcohol whatsoever. But drinking made me feel better. 
You know, he took away all those fears. You know, I preferred seeing life through a drunken haze, just one step removed from everybody else. It just took the rough edges off life. You know, that pain and that feeling of fear and being different and just nobody understanding me. You know, I couldn't speak to anybody. And, you know, life was just difficult. But alcohol just seemed to just give me that sense of easing comfort. You know, just the crack of that vodka bottle. It was just, you know, the ping of a can of super tenants. And I just instantly feel at ease. And it just didn't matter what any of you people thought of me anymore. It just didn't matter. Life, life, it was going to be okay. You know, I was where the party was at. It just didn't matter. You know, you know who wouldn't want to drink? You know, who would not want to feel like that? Because I just felt so... Just so awful. You know, I, just, I just didn't fit in. I just felt different to everybody. And alcohol just made it all okay. And uh, I rapidly got into a lot of trouble. Like I say, I, I would make these promises, you know, with tears in my eyes. And that's it. I'll never drink again. This time it'll be different. You know, don't leave. You know, don't sack me. You know, all these different things. But I always eventually did. I had a complete inability to not pick up that first drink again and again and again. And I, I tried doctors, I tried counsellors, I tried treatment facilities, and it all availed me zero. It got me absolutely nowhere. And I was trying these things at a, you know, at a very early age, you know, my early 20s, and, and I, I was just getting absolutely nowhere. And uh, eventually... I arrived at Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I'd come out of a treatment facility. I came out a miserable, suicidal, amateur psychiatrist. But I, I went to meetings and I would, uh, I would do what I saw the people around me doing. I would go to lots of meetings. I went to meetings every night of the week and I would moan. You know, I'd share at every meeting. You know, I'd just moan. I'd just complain. I'd blame everybody else. You know, it was everybody else's fault. If only this was different, in, in why are they doing that to me? You know, I just played the victim. And, and I, it was getting me nowhere. You know, I went to meeting after meeting after meeting doing this. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there were a lot of colourful characters that kept me coming back. But there didn't seem to be... I mean, back then, it's, there was a thing, you know, it's like... I mean, I would go to meetings in, let's say, these people would, you know, they, they, a lot of them would do the same as what I was doing. You know, I mean, I remember one, one night I went to a meeting and I remember sharing, I'm going to go to the Tamar Bridge and jump off the bridge after the meeting. You know, a tear come down and, you know, people come up to me after the meeting, they give me a hug and say, Wayne, that was a great share. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it may well have give, given me temporary relief until I'd get back to my bedsit and I'd be pacing around and just, just give me a drink, you know. It was just, it would, it was, I was getting absolutely no. And I, I tell you, I tell you how bad it got for me in AA. I was, uh, I was walking down North Hill with one of my AA buddies. I mean. Lawrence might remember him, a guy, a guy called American Jim. You know, one of my few, you know, AA buddies, you we come in, the similar, you, you get buddied up with people. And Jim said to me, he says, look, Wayne, he says, my sponsors told me not to hang around with you anymore. Thought, Gee, you know, that's so much of a bad influence I was. You know, I, I was, you know, I would get drunk pretty much every Friday. I was getting absolutely nowhere coming to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, doing what the people around me were doing. 
just moaning and trying to dump my crap. I was getting absolutely nowhere. And uh, I, I, I was dying on the inside. I was absolutely dying on the inside. And let's say there, there, were, there were people there, you know, they, they, going to these meetings were, I mean, there was a thing, thing called, they used to call it two-stepping, where people would just not drink, go to meetings, and carry a message. They'd try and transmit a message which had no depth in weight and had a zero ability to have any effect on my life. It just did absolutely nothing for me, just coming to meetings. And the bad news, you know, anybody that's new, is you, if you're like me, you can come to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous, sit in the middle, week in and week out for years. But if you don't take the 12 steps, if you don't take the actions of Alcoholics Anonymous, if you're like me, your life will get systematically and progressively worse over any prolonged period of time. You know, I had to take the steps. I had to take actions. And for that, I'd need a sponsor. And, and I, eventually, I said, I turned up at this meeting by accident. Same venue, different night. And uh, I came across all these people that they'd warned me about. You know, keep away from them. You know, they, they're the God Squad and the Joy Boys. Keep away. <laughs> and I, I sat in that meeting... And I was amazed. There's a line in the big book, it says, at long last, I saw, I felt, I believed. And that night, I thought, wow, you know, these guys were on fire. These guys were speaking with conviction. You know, they, they had a purpose, they had direction. They were excited about Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, these, these guys set the room on fire. You know, you just wanted, to, you were sat on the edge of your chair. You know, one of those meetings, you know, you were there, and, wow. And I went back the next week and they said the same again. And the next week they said the same again. And they kept coming out with the same again. And one night I thought, why do they... It dawned on me. They're saying this for me. This is what I've got to do if I want to recover. You know, I needed to act on the information received. It was no good coming to meetings... Just coming to meetings. I'd have to act on the information received. I'd have to put the experience of the people who went before me first above all else. And without exception, all these people were talking about getting a sponsor. And uh, they were talking about the big book. And they were talking about a home group. And they were talking about these bloody steps. And they were talking about all this stuff. And, and it just sounded so good. And, 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 and they seemed happy. You know, nobody liked them. They didn't care. And I just did what they'd done. You know, and I got one of these damn sponsors, and it, it, so eventually, I, I, so eventually, I, I found this this uh, this sponsor, and I'm going to tell this story for for the new people because I, I like this story, and to me, it's the best description of what sponsorship is. So, you know, anybody that's new, this is what I would look for in a sponsor. Now, I. Uh, Bill Wilson, he's had a hard day working at the clubhouse in New York. All these newcomers, you can imagine how busy Bill was. Lois was away, he finishes his day, he goes up to his room, he says he's, li he's lying on the bed. He can hear the rain pouring down on the old tin roof. I mean, I can just picture that scene, I don't know about you, but 1930s AA New York clubhouse, I can just I've got images of neon lights and puddles and it just he's, he's, he's laying on the bed of the old clubhouse rain pouring down just oh, 
what a day. He gets a knock on the door. It's the janitor. He says, Bill, another one's turned up from St. Louis. Do you want me to turn him away? He says, send him up. So he gets himself ready, you know. And he hears this guy coming down the hallway. And he can hear some walking stick. And he can hear somebody really laboring and really struggling and really just... Wow, this, this guy sounds in a right state. He knocks on the door, lets him in, and he sees this, this old boy stood there, and he's, he's in black, long black coat, black hat, scarf, and his stick. And he, he takes his hat off and his scarf, and he sees a clerical collar. And he, and he says, the, the guy radiated a grace. He had a presence about him. There was something about his eyes. There was something there. And that was meant to be a 15-minute conversation. It lasted, that's the second AA conversation in AA history which lasted a lifetime, other than Dr. Bob's. Anyway, the reason I mention this is that man was Father Edward Dowling, who became Bill's spiritual sponsor. And Edward Dowling, he, he wrote once, or he said, he was in New York a previous time, and he said he saw some ice skaters. And he says he watched them, and, and they were just gliding across the ice with so much grace that they made me feel like I could do the same. Now that is sponsorship for me. You know, find a sponsor who wants more for you than you ever felt you could possibly achieve. Find a sponsor that will get you taking the actions which you, even when you just, no, they're wrong. Just find a sponsor who will get you off your ass, get you to the door, working with newcomers and you, know, you get somebody like that in, in, in your halfway there and I mean, this is a, just an absolutely amazing thing I mean I, I remember um, when I eventually got David B as a sponsor in London and I, I would ring him up and uh, I'd start bleating on about some nonsense and, and, and he would say things well uh, bless you lad it's, 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 a, it's a deeply moving story. Have you read your big book today? Oh, Jesus. And I ring him another time. He said, well, bless you, lad. You, you, your story's touched me deeply. Go, go and work with a newcomer. I thought, this, this guy's just not listening to me. This guy just doesn't, he doesn't care how I feel. You know, it was only in time when I started taking the right actions and I started to feel better and my outlook brightened up and I began to get some hope and I was getting excited about Algots Anonymous that, that I realised that he cared deeply how I felt. He was just more concerned with what I was doing. He wanted me to do the right actions. He wanted me to get into good habits early. And I remember the day when I, I had to ring him, and a bit like John, really, I, although I know what I was doing. Um, I really pissed off the wife. And uh, <laughs> I was a couple of years sober, and I rang him up. I said, oh, David, oh, I'm not going to say... Oh. I remember what he said. He said, uh, well, bless you, lad. I'm on your side. What an amazing thing. You know, I'm on your side. There was somebody that I could go to, somebody that I could trust implicitly, somebody that I could trust. He was on my side. And that's the deal I make with all the people I sponsor. If you're honest with me, I'm on your side. And, you know, that's what I needed. You know, D David... Uh, Eventually, he died. He died. He was 24 years sober. He had a heart attack whilst walking to his home group. And uh, I had to get, get another sponsor. And uh, I eventually hooked up with 
this fool from Los Angeles. And, jeez, uh, I mean, I'd ring him every week. For six months, I'd called this guy. Every week. I didn't even know what he looked like. And uh, my time came when I was going to meet him for the first time. And I was quite excited. I was really looking forward to seeing this guy. You know, this, this guy, he was a legend to me. He was like a living AA history legend, alive. He was sponsoring me. And I was going to meet him for the first time. His boy. Anyway, somebody said, there he is. So he, he started walking over, like the bloody president. Everybody was like this, you know. And you come to my turn, I thought, well, you know, I'm special. Hi, I'm Wayne. I'm Wayne. I said, you, you, you sponsor me. I've been calling you every week for six months. It was just blank expression. He, he looked me straight in the eye, he put two hands on my head and said, you'll never drink again, kid. And off he went. <laughs> now, I would be forgiven for having some far from spiritual ideas I'd be forgiven now but the truth is by the time I'd got to my seat which was no further than where where Nick is by the time I got to my seat and I sat down I'd processed this in my mind there's, there's perhaps not another living soul in the world right now that I would listen to I don't need to be pally-pally with my sponsor. You know, I don't need to have a frivolous, fun-loving relationship. I don't need a mate. I need a sponsor. And I need to allow myself to be sponsored. This is working for me. It doesn't matter. You know, and that was a change. Wow, what a change. How could somebody like myself, somebody that just wanted to say that to the world all the time, you look at me funny, you know, you know what? How can I? How could I take that? You know how could? How can I get to a point in my life, in my sobriety, where I can just water off the duck's back? You know how can I get to that point? And Harry Teeble, uh, I think it was John mentioned Teeble, or a couple of people, it might have been Alex mentioned Teeble. He, he, talk, he, he just sums it up lovely. He talks about it absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'd come to a point in my life where I was prepared to seek advice and accept direction. I was speaking to somebody else, I think it might have been Lawrence or somebody, uh, a week or so ago. You know, it's um, something in me changed. You know, from, from going to meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous and just getting nowhere, you know, there being no significant change in the quality of my life. You know, getting to meetings and doing this and that and the other. You know, what changed? Something deep within me changed. And, you know, I know now that all that inner resistance just died. There was an inner collapse. You know, my ego was completely and utterly flattened. You know, I'd surrendered. At long last, I'd surrendered. And not just to alcohol, I'd surrendered to life. You know, that awful self-will, that awful character trait of mine where I would just wouldn't listen, you know, I, I would defiant to the core, I would listen to nobody, I would put no control from man or God, I would try and protect that inner integrity to my dying breath, you know, whether it was the referee on a football pitch, my employer you know, my missus you know, I wouldn't listen to anybody, you know, that was the defiance of the alcoholic, you know, I would not listen, and until I just, for once in my life I mean, Tebow talks about how 
in, until the al- alcoholic is able to accept a stopping, his sobriety is going to be pretty rough, if, if, if any at all. Words to this effect, I'm mixing it up, been a while. But um, that, was the, that was the case with me. You know, for the first time, for the first time in my adult life, I'd come across somebody and I'd come to a place where I'd say, okay, I'll listen, I'll listen, I'll just shut up and I'll do as you say. And I was, you know, I mean, I remember when he said to me, serve the old timers their jelly. <laughs> what? There were a hundred things going through my mind, none of them spiritual. But before, yeah. be- before I could say anything, I was told, don't think about it, kid, just do it. And I was able to do it because I had step one. You know, because always, always, when I heard something I didn't like, somebody told me something I didn't want to hear, I would run. I would say, screw you, I'm off. Pride and resentment kept my life in a continual cycle of insanity. You know, by running. You know, I would hear something I didn't like and I would run. I'd give up. I don't want to do this. You don't understand. I'm different. And I'd run. You know, it's... Uh, in, uh, Tebow talks about how a spiritual experience essentially is a disciplinary experience. And I think at that point, when I surrendered, I began to have a spiritual experience. My spiritual life was, in fact, a reality in not just wishful thinking. And, uh, you know, I used to have some weird ideas of what spiritual was. You know, I thought it was like if you'd, have to, you'd walk around with, like, hearing angelic music. You'd see cherubs in the corner of your eye. And, you know, it's, uh, you'd have this glow forever. But, you know, that, that's really not the case. I mean, it's service. You know, Bill Wilson talked about, I mean, how spiritual he was. I mean, he came home from work one day, and he was, uh, he'd had another hard day. And he was sat down, and he actually says, I was feeling in far from spiritual mood. I was sore, he was pissed off. I was in far from spiritual mood. He sat down and did some writing. Half an hour later, he'd wrote the 12 steps, the single piece of writing which has saved more alcoholic lives than any other in half an hour whilst feeling in far from spiritual mood. So it doesn't matter how I feel. You know, I just need to try and do the right actions. And, uh, you know, it brings me to home, home group. I mean, I mean what... What is a good home group? You know, a home group is somewhere where it's been absolutely essential for me to maintain my recovery. You know, a good home group. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, when I was new, when I, five years sober or something like that, you know, a good home group was full of people who shared about the big book, they dotted the I's, they crossed the T's, they knew every quote, they never, ever had a bad day, they were all so spiritually pure, everything was just fine all the time. 30 years on, a good home group has people doing service, whether they want to do it or not, at every level of service, whether it's intergroup, region, conference. We've got the conference chairman here tonight. Whether it's on the board, we've got people who have been through all sorts of shit. You know, people who have been through all sorts of serious health problems. They've been through all sorts of serious self-manufactured problems. They've money problems, let's say health, or a whole host of things. But they've kept taking the actions regardless and they've survived and they've overcome and they're still here to help other people do the same. That to me is a good group. That, that, that is a, a good AA group. And as a consequence of being an active member in a group like that, 
for as long as I have. I've just got an amazing life today. I mean, I've got an alive that I mean, I, you know, Bill says it's a way of life which is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. You know, that's been my experience. So, you know, I've stayed sober through more pain than I could ever imagine, and I've experienced more joy than I ever thought possible. And you know, I mean, today, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, I've been at work today. I mean, I work for one of the well, the best tabloid newspaper in the world. They trust me. You know, I mean, the best photographers in the world trust me. You know, I, I've, I've, a few years ago, I, I met love of my life. I mean, I was going through a very difficult time, and, and I, I met Ree. There she is. And uh, I, I met her outside of AA and soon realised that she was one of us. I said, oh, Jesus. So, get to the... <laughs> so she, she's here now. But, you know... And it's just been, you know, I'm living the dream. You know, she bullies me as well. She, she makes me do judo. I used to do judo when I, when I, was, when I got sober. I, I was really good at judo. And, I, and my chat-up line was I used to fight for England. Because I did. We got together. And after a few years, she realized that when I fought for England, I was only 12 years old and I never bothered getting my brown belt. So she, she made me go back to judo. So I, I've been going judo, and it's brought me closer to, to my parents. You know, I'm really close to my family. And, uh, and I've done well back at the judo. I, I mean, th- this year I've managed to get in the Great Britain Masters Judo Squad. You know, I mean, what a thing. You know, I gave up 30 years ago. You know, I mean, I'm living the dream. You know, I'm doing things today which I never thought imaginable. You know, so anybody that's new, you know, get a sponsor Get active in a, a good group. There, there, there are other good groups around. This is a great group. You know, get active in, in, a, in a home group. Do what we do. You know, we just try to be the best example that we can be. That's not always a very good one. We just try our best to be a good example. And despite what's new, what's cool, and what's trendy, whatever's going on in meetings and AA around us, we just keep doing here what we've always done. We just keep walking the road. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.